verse 11. The Bible says we overcome him by the blood. We overcome the adversary by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We need to testify what the blood of the lamb has done for us. Amen. And we boldly say it. We proclaim it. And as we proclaim it, as we declare that, the Bible says we overcome the adversary by the blood of the Lamb and the, by the word of our testimony, even as we love not our lives unto death. Let's stand up to our feet. Let's make our declarations. So if you brought your Bible, just hold it high up in the air, please. Let's say this out loud, bold, and strong together. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am an absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. Could you remain standing for a moment, please? Today, it's our joy, it's our honor to have Dr. P.G. Verghese to be with us and minister to us. Um, the first time I got to meet Dr. P.G. Verghese, was, uh, and some of us were in Delhi. We were part of a big conference there in 2012, December or October. Uh, that's the first time I got to meet him and uh, we were just so full of awe because uh, here was a man who since 1972, that's a long time, he and his wife have been uh, involved in missions. They founded the Indian Evangelical Team and, and, and they minister all across uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, they've uh, been used by God to birth more than 27 church planting movements in, across Southeast Asia. And, uh, and their strategies, uh, saturation, church planting. Uh, they've trained uh, hundreds uh, of uh, local indigenous men and women uh, to be church planters and leaders uh, through their Bible schools, through their leadership training. And so uh, I remember back in October 12, uh, 2000, 2012, and we were there at that conference, and he preached, and we, ha- we all went down on our knees. The whole stadium packed with, I think, 10,000 young people all on our knees. And we had him pray for all of us. I think it was just an amazing moment there in Delhi. And so after so many years, it's an honor, a joy to welcome Dr. P.G. Verghese. Let's put our hands together and welcome him. Thank you, Pastor. You may be seated, please. You may be seated, please. What a privilege and honor to be with you this morning. Today is Easter, so I say happy Easter to you. I bring greetings from my wife. I'm married. By the way, I don't look that old enough to be married. Don't look on my head. I'm married and I have five. How many children I have, Pastor? Six. Okay. Five five or six. Okay. I think I have six children. Five children are mine own. And we have a foster girl. So I have six children. And my last boy is worshipping in this church for several years. If you cannot find him when you go out, find the handsome person. With the beauty of the most beautiful wife, that is my son and my daughter-in-law. And uh, I'm a blessed person. I'm preaching in Bangalore. My wife is preaching somewhere in, uh, in the Middle East. My son is preaching somewhere in Himachal Pradesh in Shimla. 
and his wife is doing some surgery somewhere in the Himachal Pradesh. And my second son is preaching somewhere in Andhra Pradesh. And his wife is preaching somewhere in London. See, we are all scattered preaching the gospel somewhere. What a privilege. What a privilege. By the way, when you are going out, you can see a book table outside. Go there and get any book you want. I have written 52 books, most of them. Maybe your pastor wrote more books than me. I get them. He's so kind to send me his books. So when you go out, you can get pick up a book, Every Confession of a Mother. This is written by my first wife, a beautiful book. By the way, she is the same wife for me even now. The Confession of a Mother. Actually, this is not a book she has written. This is a prayer she prayed for her family. So every married woman must have a copy of this book. Please have a copy. We are selling it for a cheap price. Discount. Today is Easter. This is one of my latest English books, You Can Be Healed in Jesus' Name. I'm, I think that you must have three or four copies. So when there is a sick person, you can give it to that person. And I'm sure it will bring healing mentally, physically, emotionally, financially healing. Take a book. Abraham, Man of Faith. Great book. You know the story of Jabez? I wrote this book about maybe 25 years back. Take this book with you. Wonderful book. And uh, uh, I have produced four movies. I'm a movie producer. I'm a movie actor. I'm a dancer. And uh, these are in Hindi and Malayalam. Any Malay- anybody who knows Malayalam here? Oh, there will be. In- Even in hell, there will be a few people there. <laughs> so there are, they are in Malayalam and Hindi, not in Canada. Anekadin, the second coming about Christ. Take a few copies of the movies. You must have a few movies, CDs. Why? When a guest will come, you can put it for him, let that person watch. You can give it to your neighbor. Would you like to see a movie? It's a Christian movie. Give it to that person. And your Indians are crazy for movies. Elijah, this is my best book. Please take a copy. You will love it. We sold this book, one crore copies. Ten million copies we have sold this book. In different languages. I urge you to take a copy. Key to Miracles. And uh, here is several books. We publish a newsletter once in two months. If you would like to receive our newsletter. About the ministry we are doing. Our ministry is only in North India. Not in South India. We have no plan to come to South India. God gave us North India. Last week. Last week. We were in a place called Piperia. Which is near to Jabalpur. We were having four days wonderful pastor seminar with 1,000 pastors. And the anti-Christians, Vishwa Hindu Parishad people came and demanded that we must close down the meeting. Before we said the opening prayer, we were forced to close down the meeting. And the police case is going on without any proof. Read our newsletter. If you would like to receive our newsletter, take a copy from there. You can give your address and you will get these books this magazine free, absolutely free from April, May, from the month of May. Always I start my message with a joke. I have 369 jokes numbered and kept in my bald head. Which one you want? Ladies, give me a number between 1 and 369. Give me a number. Three, the last one. That is a bad one. Why did you ask for that? Okay, you asked for it. It is my family story. I told you I have five children. My last boy is very, he was very naughty and very humorous. 
He used to tell a lot of jokes. He will not repeat a joke he heard, but whatever he will say, it was a joke. When he was six years old, I got a telephone call. A lady told me, spoke to me, said, we are in Delhi, we are from Jerusalem. When you came to Jerusalem, you left your visiting card in the Christian embassy. There is a Christian embassy in, um, in Jerusalem. So we are here. Can we meet? So I uh, talked to them and I said, okay, why don't you come for dinner? So I gave the address. I gave the time, 6 p.m. Before these two ladies came, my last boy was six years old. He did something wrong. I took him to the bedroom and disciplined him. Here is an advice. If you want to discipline your child, don't do it in public. Take him to the bedroom. Even he must not be beaten or disciplined in front of his brother or sister. It must be very private. So I disciplined him and he started to cry. I said, wash your face. We are expecting two ladies for dinner anytime. He said, I don't want food. I said, I determine whether you are going to eat or not. I am the boss of the family. Come on, go and wash your face. Then the bell rang. I opened the door. Two ladies walked in. We sat, we got, a, we got a round table. We sat on the round table for food. So I introduced my family. I said, this is my wife. This is my first son. But when I came to my last boy, six-year-old last boy, he was very sad and almost weeping. So I wanted to make him happy. I said, this is my last boy. His name is Ray, R-A-Y. He's a very loving boy. I love him very much. One of the ladies asked him a question. Ray, do you love your daddy too? He said, yes. Ray, tell me, why do you love your daddy? That six-year-old boy, he said something without even thinking. He said, because the Bible says, love your enemies. Now you know why I have no hair. When I am living with a wife like that, five children like that, what do you expect? Do you have your Bible with you? When you come to the church, you must bring three things. Number one, your Bible. Number two, your notebook. I have a notebook here. And pen. I always carry two pens. Because if suppose one is not working, I can use the second one. So you must have three things, your Bible, your notebook, and your pen. The Gospel of John. You know where is the Gospel of John? It is after the book of Genesis. Keep on looking. Jesus said, search and you will find. The Gospel of John, chapter 21. By the way, I was born in Kerala by mistake. Sorry. I was born in Kerala, but myself, I think I'm a Punjabi. Anybody from Punjab? Hey, that's not fair. Uh, myself, I think I'm a Punjabi. I like Punjabi food. But I live in Delhi. I travel all over North India. So, Gospel of John, chapter 21. That is the last chapter of the Gospel. After these things, we are going to have a small walk with Jesus. Today is Easter. We, let us have a walk with the resurrected Jesus. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. After these things, what things? There must be something that happened previous to this incident. That is in chapter 20. If you would like to hear the message on chapter 20, invite me back. 
After these things, wonderful message, Jesus showed himself again. My first point is this. My God is an again God. What he has done once, he will do it again. Don't forget that message. What he has done for another person, he will do it for you. What he has done for Billy Graham, he will do it for you. What God has done for Dinakaran, he will do for you. The best message you can hear in your whole life. Do you know what is that? You look at the mirror and preach a message to yourself. And tell what God has done in the previous years. That is the best message. When I am discouraged, when I am disappointed, when I am facing problems. Last week I told you, I was in Piperia. We had 1,000 invited delegates. And all of us are in the anti-Christians are coming and saying, close down. And the police and the magistrate came and said, we cannot... There, were, there was a mob of 2,500 people coming against us. They said, close it down. I was discouraged. I was in pain. And these people had to go. They said, no, they cannot stay here. Close it down. Pull down the tent. And these people were taken. 1,000 people were taken to the railway station. How they will travel? I was in pain. Do you know how I recovered? I looked at the mirror and I preached a message. I said, what God has done to me in 1972, he will do it again. In 73, he will do it again. In 74, the best message you can preach to yourself is what God has done to you in the previous years and he will do it again. Our God is an again God. And he talked to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Do you know after the resurrection of, let me say that again. When Jesus was alive on this earth, he he associated with everybody, sinners, prostitutes, everybody. But after his resurrection, he talked to only the disciples. I wish after his resurrection, he will go to Pilate. And Pilate is sleeping with his wife. And I wish Jesus will go and catch hold of his toe and say, And he will cry. I wish. He should have gone to Pilate. Or he should have gone to the high priest. He did not. After his resurrection, his whole ministry was with the disciples. Are you a disciple? He is interested in you. If you are a disciple, his whole life, his whole ministry is for you. So Jesus appeared to the disciples again. Verse 2. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana. In Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, that is James and John, and two other of his disciples. There was a time there were seven disciples. Jesus had twelve main apostle disciples. Then he had more disciples: twenty-four, seventy, hundred and twenty, five hundred. The Bible scholars believe that by the time Jesus died on the cross, he had more than seven thousand disciples. Who are these people? They are. Not only just ordinary disciples, they were apostles. There were 12 apostles and one of them backslidden. So 11 were left. But a day came that there were seven together. Who are they? Their names, five names are mentioned there. Let us look at who are they. Number one, Peter. Who is Peter? He's the leader. Now, nobody made him a leader. Jesus did not make him a leader. The disciples did not select him or elect him as a leader. But he became a leader by himself. Take my message. If you want to be a leader, don't ask your pastor, make me a leader. Make me the secretary. Make me the Sunday school teacher. Become a leader by yourself by volunteering to do something that no one else would like to do. 
When you come into the church, you will find something that no, no one else would like to do. Maybe it is sweeping the floor, maybe cleaning the toilet, maybe carrying the bag of the pastor. There will be some job. People ask me, I'm, a, I'm blessed. I'm blessed in every aspect. I have good health. I have no sickness whatsoever, maybe. And I got a busy ministry. Last year, I slept in my home for 36 nights. The rest of the nights I was traveling and preaching. I'm 74 years old. I have no sickness. I'm blessed. And people come and ask me, Vargis, we would like to become a preacher like you. You never went to a Bible school, but you are a busy preacher. And you have wonderful revelation. We would like to become a preacher like you. How we can? I say, I will tell you how you can do that. Go to the church and do something what another person, no one else would like to do. When I went to the toilet in, the, in my church after I became a Christian, I went to the toilet. And it was dirty. In Kashmir, nobody will clean the toilet other than the uh, toilet cleaners. Even in their own home. That is the culture of Kashmir. And in, I went to the church and the toilet was so dirty. Do you know what I did? I went to the pastor and said, hey, the toilet is dirty. Why it is not clean? No, that is not what I did. I rolled my sleeves. I rolled my pants up. I locked the door of the toilet. There was some cleaning powder. I sprinkled it. I took water, mug, and a brush, and I cleaned it. And the pastor's wife came to me and said, Vargis, is it that you who cleaned the toilet? I said, yes. Why did you do that? Now, I'm, a, I'm in the military. I'm a sergeant. I'm a head clerk. And she knew my parents. My father is a rich man. And she said, why you did that for us? I said, no, I did not do it for you. I did it for God. When you will come to the church or when you will go to another ministry, whatsoever it may be, find a job. That is what Peter did. Without anybody telling him to do a certain job, he did it. He was volunteer. I can prove it again in this chapter it's written. He was volunteer to do. Peter, who became a leader by himself. And second, Thomas. Who is Thomas? Um, people call him Doubting Thomas. I don't like that. He doubted only once. Let me tell you the truth. Do you know how many times I doubted God? Several times. If Thomas doubted once and you call him Doubting Thomas, what you should call me? Doubting, 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 Doubting Thomas. Vargish. That must be my name. Let me ask you a question. How many times you doubted God? So what should I call you? He doubted only once. In my opinion, he's my hero. Because 2,000 years back, he came to Kerala. Now, if you will go to Kerala, you may think, oh, this is a good, 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 good people, good, 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 good place. But 2,000 ba years back, it was not a good place. Even 150 years back, when Swami Vivekananda came to Kerala, he called it Pagalkana, Lunatic Asylum. That was Kerala. But 2,000 years back, a man from Middle East, he dared to come to Kerala and minister there and die there. To me, is my hero, missionary hero. The third person, Nathaniel. Who is Nathaniel? One day Jesus was sitting somewhere. Somebody brought Nathaniel to Jesus. Now, he's not a disciple. He's not even converted. He's a fresher coming to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, do you know what Jesus said, talked, talked about him? He has no sin in his life. He is without any God. Before he became a born-again Christian, before he became a disciple, he was a holy man. Number one, Peter, the leader. Thomas, the missionary leader. Number three, a holy man. Even before he was converted. Then two, James, James and John. Who are they? 
the bible says wherever jesus will sit one will be at the left side and one will be right side all the time now i'm a mission leader i have 2800 missionaries under me we will have a pastor seminar twice a year in the month of march and november i, I don't sit for food in a separate room i mix with people that is my nature i will go and stand in line with the leader, with the pastors i will take my food and i will look for a chair chair a table where somebody from another state is sitting and i will go and sit with them but suppose a man will come and sit next to me all the time i'll be happy i'll put my hand around his shoulder and say thank you how are you how is your wife i'll talk to him but if he will come and sit with me every time i will say don't do that because people may misunderstand that i have some special love for you let others also sit with me let me sit with other people but here the bible says wherever jesus sat these two were that means jesus was happy here are two people with whom jesus was happy to sit with and two other disciples we don't know their names five names are mentioned why five names names are mentioned because they are the vips among the seven or among the 12 why five names are mentioned the reason is mentioned in verse 3 they went for fishing they were fishermen but one day jesus came by and said peter come with me thomas you come with me uh, you also nathaniel you also leave your boat come with me they were fishermen and jesus separated them and said from today onwards you will not be fishing for fi- fishing for money but you will be fishermen you will be fishing souls jesus changed their lives but now here they are backsliding they are going to the old profession fishing now this is the message even if you are peter leader even if you are thomas the missionary leader like pg vargish or even if you are a holy man like i don't, i don't want to take any name like nathaniel sitting next to jesus john and james even if you are one like any of these five there is a danger that you can backslide don't be overconfident i'm not saying that we must be frightened oh pg vargish said i'm a backslide so i don't know whether i will be able to resist this temptation no that is not what i said don't be overconfident you may be peter you may be nathaniel you may be thomas you may be james or you may be john but there is a danger ahead of you so be cautious recently i was being interviewed on the television somebody asked me a question he said vargish you are working with jesus from 1970 to one was a long time how come you did not fall how come you did not bring disgrace to god how come i said because i read one bible verse and that changed my life It says in 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 14 it says that David walked carefully he, 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 he walked carefully very 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 carefully walk carefully walk carefully the road ahead is very slippery the world is so tempting you and i even if you are peter even if you are billy graham ask your pastor about some of the great giants who fell don't let it happen so verse 2 it says even if you are a hero there is a danger that you can fall so don't be overcome walk carefully verse 3 simon peter said unto them i am going for a fishing they said unto him we are also coming with thee they went forth and entered into a ship immediately and that night they caught nothing peter said to the other six disciples i am going for a fishing he did not invite anybody 
He simply said, I'm going for a fishing. But there was, an, there was a hidden invitation in that statement. I'm going, would you like to come? And they said, we are also coming. It was a unanimous decision. Now hear me, you heard this before. In the Christendom, majority does not have to be correct. So don't follow the majority, follow God. Even don't follow blindfold, don't follow your leader blindfold. When you are not sure, take time to pray. They did not take time to pray. The Bible says immediately, some of the Indian translations, some of the Indian translations do not have that word immediately. Malayalam does not have. Hindi does not have. It says that immediately, if the devil will push you to do something in a hurry, be careful. They should have said, Peter, that's a good idea because we need money. We need, we have to pay the rent. We have to buy clothes. We have to buy the ration. We need money. Fishing is not a bad idea. But can we pray about it? When you are not sure, take time to pray. Here in chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said to them, the last previous chapter, maybe one, day, one week before, I don't know, a few days back, Jesus told them, just like my father has sent me, I'm sending you. For what? Not for fishing. To go and preach the gospel. Now, is there anybody sitting here whom God has called to be a preacher, but you are not preaching? Jesus said to them, and he even he breathed on them, verse 22. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the power. But they are not using that power God, Jesus has given to them. Is there anybody sitting here or watching my video? Whom God has called and given the power, but you do not want to do God's work. Why not? Why not? Don't misuse. Don't, don't leave the power God has given you as unused. What is your call? Simply coming to the church and warming the pew? What is your call? Maybe you are, you are called to teach in the Sunday school. Maybe you are called to work in the orphanage. Maybe you are called to uh, work in the office. Maybe you are called to drive the car for the pastor. What is your call? You must do that. You must do that. You must do that. But here, they are misusing. They are using the call for something else. Make money. So they went. They went for fishing. Once upon a time, uh, three and a half years back, they were fishermen. Jesus came by and said... Come on, leave that boat. Give that, leave that net. Follow me. Now, so far they had been catching, hear me. So far they had been catching alive fish, killing them and selling it for money. Jesus said, I'm going to change your ministry from catching alive fish, killing and making money to catching dead sinners and giving them life and you will do it free. Did you understand that? Jesus changed their life altogether. But here they are going for fishing again. And they entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. I had the privilege to go to Jerusalem six times. And I'm going there again in December. I'm going as a guide. I'm going either to preach. I never spend the money. I never spend even one rupee when I'm going to the Holy Land. Either I'm going as a preacher or as a tour spiritual guide. I'm going there again in, in December. I had the privilege to go to this sea six times. And I talked to the fishermen there. I said, I'm a novice. I don't know anything about fishing. I never 
cast the net in my whole life. Suppose I will take the net from you and I will cast it on this sea. Do you think that I will get some fish? <laughs> they laughed and said, this sea is full of fishes. There are 22 varieties of fish. And they catch fish 365 days a year, even on Sabbath. They catch fish. And there is no lack of fish at all. So even if you take the net and cast it there, you will get a few fish. But how come they did not get any fish? They had masters or doctorate in fishing. They were born in that place. They were fishermen. They, had, they, they, were, quali- they were qualified fishermen. But they did not catch any fish. How come? There were fish and the time was perfect, night time. They had the net. They had the bo- Everything was in their favor, but they did not get any fish. The Bible scholars say that Jesus stood be- between them and the fish and said to the fish, Hey, don't come here. If you want to get caught, go to some other boat. But don't come here. Then I thought, that is not fair. Jesus, they are your disciples. Why don't you help them? Jesus told me, I'm helping them. I'm helping them to learn a lesson. And this is the lesson. Without my presence, your efforts are just a big zero. If you will try to do something without my presence and my approval, I'm talking to somebody today. You may be trying to make money. You may be trying to put up a big business. There's no harm. Do it. It is good for you. It is good for your church. It is good for your children. It is good for poor people. But if you do it without the presence of God, without the signature of God, it will be a big zero. Big zero. That car, that night they caught nothing because Jesus stood there to teach them a lesson. I can bless you. Don't go without my presence. Next verse, verse 4. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Now, when the morning was come. Now in the morning, <clears throat> the sun is shining. It is no more dark, not dark. There are plenty light. Jesus is standing on the seashore. And the disciples are in the boat. They are coming back. When they went for fishing, Peter must have been dreaming and saying, today we will go. We will get fish. We will sell it. We will make money. I will buy a sari for my wife. She will be very happy. And he was smiling. Now when he's coming back, he got a long face. What will I tell my wife? I made a fool of myself. When you will go away from Jesus, you will be smiling. When you will come back, you will be sad. So don't go away from Jesus. Don't go away from Jesus. So they are coming back. And Jesus is standing on the shore. They did not know it was Jesus. It is the morning time. There is plenty sunlight. But they did not recognize Jesus. Why? Because they were in the sea. What is the sea? Sea is the type of this world. A sinful world. When you will go away from God, it will be difficult for you to recognize Jesus. Suppose you are a backslider. Suppose you drink. You do many things that is not uh, approved by God. And you come to the church and the pastor is preaching. You sinner, you have to repent. Then do you know what what you will think? That is the pastor speaking. You will not recognize the voice of Jesus. You will not recognize Jesus at all. He was standing there. Because they were in the sea. And they were with the fish smelling boat. They were with the fish smelling net. 
which shows about the sinful life. And Jesus was standing there. I'm going at a high speed. Jesus was standing there when I was writing a book on this, uh, on this chapter in Malayalam. I asked Jesus, you are standing there? Yes. Didn't you walk? No, I was standing there. He said, look there. I was standing there. You did not sit? No, look there. I was standing there. Now, if you will go to the beach, if you will go to the beach and try to stand there for 10 minutes, you will have backache. I tried it. I tried it. You will have back pain because of the imbalance. It may be very slight imbalance. But if you walk, if you sit, there is no problem. But if you stand, I asked a question. Jesus, you are standing there. Didn't you have back pain? Yes, I had back pain. But still, I was waiting for my disciples for returning. When you will go to sin, when you will go away from Jesus, when you will go into the world, when you will go into the sea, Jesus will be waiting for your return. Next one. He was standing there. I asked another question. It is my imagination. I'm a man of imagination. I asked the question, Jesus, when did you go there? In the morning? He said, no. The time my disciples went into the boat, into the sea, I was there. The time you will go away from Jesus, he will be waiting for your return. Don't go away. Please don't go away. Don't go away. And the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Verse 5. And Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, No. Jesus asked them, Children, do you have any meat, any fish you caught now? Two, two messages. Even in verse uh, 10, Jesus is saying, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Jesus is interested in the fish you just caught. Let me ask you a question. Have you caught any fish this year? Have you tried to witness to a person about Jesus this year? Why not? Why not? I believe I'm a church planter. I'm not actually evangelist. I'm a church planter. That's my call. I want to plant a church where there is no church. We have no church in the cities. We have no church in Hyderabad. We have no church in Bangalore. We have no church in, you name the cities, we don't have. Our churches are where there is no church. That is my ministry. As soon as a person will become a born again Christian, we give them five pieces of advice. Number one, you must read the Bible every day and pray every day. Thumb, pointing finger. You must keep away from sins and causes of sins. The tallest finger. You must attend the church. Fellowship with believers. And the fifth, fourth one. Talk about Jesus to somebody every day. And the fifth one. You must pay your tithe faithfully. Let me talk about the fourth one. You must talk about Jesus to somebody every day. Why not? Why not? Maybe you are in the plane. Maybe you are in the train. Maybe you are in the office. Maybe you are in the bus. Can't you talk? If you will try. See, I did not go to a Bible school. All my children, all five of them studied in Bible school. Even though they did not go there, they did not go there to study the Bible. Somebody, two of my daughters studied psychology. My last boy studied for business. But I sent them to the Bible colleges. But I did not have the privilege to go to a Bible school to study. So I asked God, Lord, I would like to talk about Jesus to somebody every day. And God gave me the opportunity. If you will try, you can talk about Jesus. You know, this year I sent 1,000 books from the President of India to the Prime Minister of India, all the ministers, all the chief ministers, all the VAPs of India, 1,000 copies. Each book cost me 750 rupees. 
It's not because I have money, because I wanted to do something. And then I enclosed a book I have written. And I enclosed a movie I produced so that somebody may see it. Dearly beloved, I'm not saying that you must do what I am doing, but you must do something. You must talk about Jesus to somebody every day. Do that in the restaurant. In the place where you go, try to talk about Jesus. It is, it's not difficult. It's easy. If you try, God will help you. Jesus said, have you got any fish you caught now? Now, do you think that Jesus did not know that their boat was empty? <laughs> of course he knew that. You remember one day Jesus was standing on the street. The tax collector, there were two types of taxes on those days. One is Roman tax. Second is temple tax. A temple tax is a quarter for two people. The temple tax collector came and asked, said to Peter, your master did not pay the tax this year. Jesus heard that. And he said to Peter, Peter, I don't have to pay the tax because I am the temple. But I don't want to become an offense for him. So you go, take a hook, go to the sea, put it on, into the sea, and a fish will come. And he will come catch on the hook and you open the mouth of that fish and you will find a quarter pay your tax see jesus is not standing by the seashore he's standing by this by this by the street but even then he saw the fish there he saw the quarter in the mouth of the fish do you think that jesus did not know that their boat is empty of course he knew then why he's asking now here is the secret if god has to bless somebody he has to tell his real condition don't blame another. I know some sisters will come to me and blame their parents, blame her husband, blame her neighbors, blame the people who are working with them. Stop blaming other person. Confess your mistake. That is what David did. When he was caught in adultery, he did not say, it is not my mistake. One day I was standing on the roof of my building and I said, why did she come there at that time? No, he did not put the blame on the woman. He said... I, I, I sinned. Tell your real condition to Jesus. He said, do you have anything to eat? And he, they said, no. <laughs> now, God can bless them. Because they really said their real condition. They said, no. No, they said the real condition, the truth. Verse 6. And Jesus said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the sheep and you shall find. And they cast the the cast therefore and now they were not able to try it for the multitude of fishes. Jesus said cast the net on the right side of the ship. Now have you seen a fisherman casting the net? I have seen. I have stayed with fishermen to learn this lesson very well. I stayed with them. I stayed in India and also I stayed in foreign countries. A fisherman, they will take the net like this. They will put it in order. They will put it in their hand like this. And they will be looking for uh, the place where they can find fish. When they will see the water is disturbed, they will know there is fish. And they will swing it and swing it and swing it and then throw the net. And Jesus is saying, now you throw the net to the right side. Now I have a question. That is what they had been doing all through the night. Have you seen a fisherman casting the net on the left side? I have not. But Jesus is saying, you cast the net on the... Hey, that is what they had been doing. No, 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 no. There is a difference. So far they had been casting the net where they wanted to cast. Now you cast the net where I want you to cast. The place is the same. The boat is the same. The net is the same. The time is not perfect. 
But when you will do what I want you to do, your boat will be full. I'm speaking to somebody. When you will do what the Lord wants you to do, your boat will be full. Don't argue with God. I know when I'm talking to some people about water baptism, they will say, uh, when I was a child, my mother and father took me to the church and I was, don't argue with God. If you want to argue, argue with yourself, but obey God. Obey God. They cast the net, the same place. And the boat was, their net was full. Obedience will bring prosperity. Obedience will bring multiplication. Obedience. Verse 7, Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he got his fish's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. The disciple whom Jesus loved, that is John, when he heard the sound of Jesus, he recognized it is Jesus. How? How come? Because the Bible says wherever Jesus was, wherever Jesus was sitting, one side it will be James, and one side it will be Pete, it will be John. And John put his head, I know how they were sitting. It is always on the right side. John was at the right side, James was at the left side. John put his head, he will put his head on the bosom of Jesus. And because of that, because his head was close to the heart of Jesus, John could recognize even the heartbeat of Jesus. Would you like to hear the voice of Jesus? Sit close to Jesus. Put your head on the bosom of Jesus. And John said, others did not recognize. Even James who was sitting on the left side, he did not recognize the voice of Jesus. But John, who had his head, earphone, close to the heart of Jesus, he said, it is the master. When Peter heard it is the master, he looked at himself. Two, two, two places it is written. The first time when Jesus met Peter, and he talked to Peter, he said, I'm a sinner. He looked at himself. Look at yourself. Here also he looked at himself, and he found he's naked. Now, many people don't understand what it means. On those days, the people, the Jewish people, they had two types of dress. One is inner dress. It is like a dress like this. Half sleeves, just like this. And when a person is working, he will wear a cloth, a dress like that. Working dress. When he is in the house, he will wear a, that, that dress. And he will be sitting. Suppose somebody will come and knock on the door. He will go and look through the window. Hey, it is a guest. Then he will say, I'm naked. He's not actually naked. It means I'm not properly dressed. Then he will put on, there will be the outer garment, the cassock. It will be hanging on a peg, wooden peg. He will take it and put it on himself and he will go and open the door. And when people are working, the same way. The outer garment, they will roll and put it in the boat. And then they are fishing. Now when John said, it is the master, Peter said, I'm not properly dressed. I'm in working dress. I must not go to the master like this. Immediately he took that dress. And instead of putting it on himself, I don't know why he did that. But the Bible says, with that cloth. Nobody must take my picture now. He cut himself with that cloth. I don't know why he did that. It was easy to put on his body. But he was in a hurry. He covered his nakedness. 
Then he jumped into the water. Why did he jump into the water? Oh, I used to think because to cover his nakedness. No, now he, his nakedness is already covered. Why did he jump into the water? It is not written in the Bible. The Lord taught me. He wanted to reach the master before others will come. He wanted to go to Jesus before others will come with the fish. Why? He wanted to go and tell him, Master, it was me who has taken these people. It was my mistake. Forgive me. Give me one more chance. Do you know why Jesus used Peter on the day of Pentecost? It should have been actually Thomas. It should have been Nathaniel. It should have been John. Why he used Peter? Because he was in a hurry to go to Jesus and ask for his forgiveness. Be in a hurry to go to Jesus whenever you will realize your folly, your mistake. And he jumped into the river to swim to the disciple. And the other disciples came in a little ship for they were not far from land. But as it were 200 cubits, that is 100 meters, dragging in the net with fishes. Others also came, but look here. Others also came, but there was a difference. For Peter, it was Jesus. But for others, Jesus plus boat plus fish. Of course, Jesus also. How is your priority? Your wife? Of course, we must take over our wives. Your job? Of course, we must work. But what is... Learn from something from Peter. Your priority must be Jesus. Others came with a, with a boat, dragging the net. Verse 9... But as soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid their own, and bread. Others came. What did they see? They saw three, three things. Number one, coal of fire. Number two, fish. Why Jesus kept fish there? He was giving a message. Why did you go to the sea? If you wanted fish, I should have given you. You remember a day I, I multiplied two fishes for about 15, 20, 20,000 people. I'm a multiplier. I can feed you. And bread. What is bread? It talks about unity. Many grains of wheat coming together and becoming a chapati. It is not the, the, the bakery bread talking. It is chapati. It's about unity. He is preaching a message. And the message is this, don't go away from me. You want to be happy, you want to have a good evening, you want to have a good night, you want to enjoy life, you want money, you want a job, you want healing, I can give you. And number two, unity. Now, I have five children. None of my children went away from God. I'm not saying they were perfect, no. They were like any other children. But I never had a heart attack, I never had a... Pain in my heart. They all walk with God. They all studied outside. They all studied abroad. And they did not go away from God. People come and ask me, how come? If a pastor will have five children, at least two or three will be away from God. How come? None of you, your children went away from God. How come? I'll tell you one reason. Because of the unity in my home, myself and my wife, we hold our hands together and pray for our children every night. Unity. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Unity will never happen by itself. Unity is created by hard work. Create unity. So they saw fish and bread. Oh no, they saw something before that. Call of fire. What it means, call of fire? Call of fire means on those days there was no coffee and tea. And it was the winter time. The Easter was not in March or April. This is a man-made Easter. The real Easter was... 
in the winter season. Jesus was born in the summer. Jesus was crucified in the winter. So then now the disciples are coming from the sea in the winter. They will be coming shivering. And Jesus knew I have to keep something to warm their body. So he kept call of fire. What is the message? He knew their preliminary need. What is their preliminary need? Call of fire. If it was today, he should have kept there a kettle of coffee and some plastic cups so that they can have seven cups of coffee and some sandwich. No, he kept call because that was their preliminary need. Let me tell you one story and close my message. In 1983, I got an invitation from Billy Graham asking me to attend one of his conferences in Amsterdam. I did not have money. I was very poor. I, I started from the lowest to bottom. I was very poor. And when I was preparing to go, my daughter, Grace, she was three years old at that time, and she came and told me, Daddy, you are going to a foreign country? I said, yes. Daddy, I have only one frock, only one dress. Can you bring me a dress? I taught my children how to pray. When you are praying, be specific. Don't ask for a car. You have to tell what kind of car you need. So that is why. I so she said, Daddy, I need a red dress with two pockets. I said, my daughter, I'm not get, going there to preach. I'm one of the delegates. There will be 3,000 delegates. I'm one of them. And nobody is going to give me money. And I don't have the money. She said, suppose somebody will give you money. Can you bring me a dress? She's beautiful like her mother. And I said, my girl, it is not going to happen. But she said, suppose somebody will give you money. I said, I will bring you one. I went to Amsterdam. It was the 13-day conference. And every day we had three hours break, lunch break. And there was a flea market outside. And they were selling dress. I went there. I looked there. Beautiful red dress. How much it is? $60. I will come tomorrow. Because I had only $3 with me. Next shop, how much it is? $70. Red, white, blue, you name it. They had all kinds of dress. I'll come tomorrow. For 13 days, I had been going from market to market, shop to shop, looking for dress that I can buy for $3. They did not have. Everywhere it is $60. It's a long story. The last day, I realized I don't have the money to go back home. I had the ticket. Suppose I land in Delhi. To go to Punjab, I was living in Punjab at that time. I needed 400 rupees, $40. I did not have only $3. And then I heard that Billy Graham is paying $50 to everyone who, everyone who came from third world countries. I was so happy. Oh, God heard my prayer. I went, I prayed, Lord, when I'm going there, nobody must see me. Nobody from India must see me. I went there, but there was a long line. And every Indian was laughing at me. Hey, why this man is here? He's rich. Everybody thinks that I'm rich. He's a mission director. Why is he sitting here to take money from Billy Graham? And the line was going so fast. You know, in, in India, we move slow. The Western people, they move very fast. And the line was moving very fast. God asked me, why are you sitting here? I'm sitting here to take $50 from Billy Graham. God said to me, Vargis, you have a wonderful testimony. You never ask for anything to anybody. You are going to spoil your testimony. I said, Billy Graham is giving. What is the harm if I am taking it? 
See, I'm an Indian. I can explain anything in any way I want. God said, that is your explanation. But you said to me that you will never ask. God, you have to, under- you know, God cannot understand me. I said, Lord, I will land in Delhi. How I can travel 500 kilometers? How I can take my suitcase and walk? I was moving fast. Then the lady sitting there at the reception said, Sir, it is your turn. I took my bag, put it here, and I started to walk. God said, Vargis, this is your last chance to spoil your testimony. Instead of walking inside the room, I walked out. I sat on a concrete bench. I put my head in my hands and I cried. I said, God, I've landed in Delhi. I'll take my suitcase. I'll put it in my head. And I will crawl 500 kilometers, but I will not ask. I went to my room. I was sleeping there. At 10.30, somebody came and knocked on the door. The African brothers who were with me in the same room, there were three people in the room. They went and opened the door. And there was a poor evangelist from North India standing there. He asked, is this a room for P.G. Varghese? They said, yes, he's sleeping here. And was crying, actually. I put the bed cover on my head and I was crying because... I did not know what to do. This is my last night. At 6 o'clock, I had to go to the airport. And he came and sat on my bed. He said, Vargis, today a miracle happened. I was having a lunch. An American came with his food and said, can I sit here? I said, sit up. And he asked me what I'm doing. I explained to him. He said, I never heard about a ministry like that. I want to give you some money. He gave me $6,000. I said, God, it was me. You should have told me, told him to give it to me. And he said, he gave me $6,000. I said, so what? He said, this evening, a few minutes back, I was in my room. I was praying, thank God for $6,000. Then God told me, you know P.G. Vargis? Yes, I know him. You remember him? Yes, he came to my home. And he told me about tithing. God said, go and pay the tithe. He put 100 200 300 400 500 $600 on my bed. I stood up and I started to dance. I thank God I did not ask Billy Graham for $50. Now I got $600. He, went, he left the room. I was sad. Because now all the shops are closed. When the shops were open, I did not have the money. Now I have the money, all the shops are closed. And 6 o'clock I have to catch the flight. 3 o'clock, three o'clock I had to go to the airport. Sitting in the plane I was crying. Even when I reached the home, I was crying. My daughter will come running to me and say, Daddy, where is my frock? Where is my dress? What will I tell her? I cannot tell her, take $100. She does not need. That three-year-old girl, girl does not need money. She need a dress. I reached the home. I got out. My wife came. She's not from Bangalore, but she behaves like a girl from Bangalore. She came and gave me a good hug and a good kiss. Kerala people don't do that in public. But we had been watching some American movies. (laughs) She gave me a good kiss. And all the four, three children. I said, where is Grace? My wife said, look there. She's sitting in the mud and playing. I said, Grace, daddy is here. She got up. She's very pretty like her mother. And she started to dance. And she started to say, She was saying something. I said, what is she saying? Lily said, she's saying, look at my red dress. Look at my red dress with the two pockets. My Jesus has given me a dress before you came. And Lily explained the story to me. 
She said, do you know that I have a friend in Canada, a poor lady, a missionary lady? I said, yes, I remember reading her letter. She went to buy a dress for her granddaughter. She purchased a dress and brought it home and gave it to her granddaughter, but it was too big for her. So she was driving to the supermarket to change it. Then God told her, don't go to the supermarket, don't change it. You have a friend in India, Lily, and she has a daughter who is taller than your granddaughter. Send it to my servant's daughter. When I was walking through the streets of Amsterdam, touching the clothes that I wanted to buy my, for my daughter, God heard my cry and made a woman to make a mistake and buy the wrong size of dress and bring it back and asking her to send it back. Which type? A red dress with two pockets. Wish my God, he knows your preliminary need. This resurrected Jesus Christ, he knows your preliminary need. What is your preliminary need? A house, a job, an automobile, a motorbike, a husband, a wife, a child, healing. What is your need? I'm going to pray for you. As soon as I came in, I held the hands of your pastor and I prayed, Lord, give them land and building. You must not be worshipping like this. You must have your own land. What is your need? What is your preliminary need? I'm going to pray. If you have a preliminary need, one need, will you please stand up? I'm going to pray. Anybody who has a need? Healing? Husband? Wife? Child? Promotion? Prosperity? House? Motorbike? Car? Anything? My resurrected Jesus saw the preliminary need of the bicycle seven disciples. And he gave it to them. The same Jesus is alive today. He will give it to you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, will you please put your hand on your head? I'm 74 years old. As a family father, I'm going to bless you. As an apostle, I'm going to bless you. As a pastor, I'm going to bless you. As a patriarch, I'm going to bless you. As a man of God, I'm going to bless you. Heavenly Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. In the name of Jesus Christ, I don't know what is their preliminary need. Those who are praying for their marriage, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Let them find a spouse. Let them find a partner who will love that person, who will take care of that person, who will be a real partner for that person. In the name of Jesus Christ, let them find the partner in Jesus' name in 2016. Let there be a miracle. Let there be a miracle. Let there be a miracle. Lord, those who are praying for healing, in the name of Jesus Christ, let them be healed. Let the disease go. In Jesus' name, let the disease go. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, let the disease go. Let them be healed. Lord, those who are looking for a job, in the name of Jesus Christ, let them get a best job. Let them get a good job. Let them get a prospering job. In the name of Jesus Christ. Those who are praying for an automobile, in the name of Jesus Christ, let them get that automobile. Those who are praying for a house, in the name of Jesus Christ, let them be able to buy a house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let there be a miracle. The same Jesus who helped the disciples to have dinner and call of fire 
He is going to supply your need according to his riches. In Jesus' name, let it happen. In Jesus' name, Amen, 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 Amen. You may be seated, please. Thank you, Pastor. Take over. Thank you. Let's just put our hands together for Dr. Peterberg. Thank you so much. Thank you for ministering to us, blessing our hearts, just encouraging us. Thank you. Father, we just thank you, God, for what has been released into our lives as individuals and into us as a church this morning. We receive, Father God, the work of your Spirit. We receive the grace. We receive, Father, the anointing. We receive, Lord, what you've chosen to release to us this morning. Receive it as a body. We receive it as a people. We pray, God, that that we will catch the fire, that things will be ignited in our hearts, the passion for Jesus, the passion for the gospel, that our lives will be set on course, Father, to be ministers of the kingdom of God. We just thank you. We thank you for Dr. P.G. Burgess and his wife and his family. We thank you for their lives. We thank you for what you've done in them and through them, Father. We bless them. We pray, God, greater blessing on their lives, a greater anointing upon them, God, that you will do even more through them. We thank you for the honor of having him with us this morning. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or even imagine, According to his power that's at work in each of us. Unto him be glory in the church through Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, Have a great time. Have a great Sunday with family, friends. Spend time with each other. God bless. Thank you. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.